0: Jesus saw Simon and his brother Andrew. And he said to them, come after me. Do you notice it's not them seeing him. He's the one who initiates. He's the one who who calls. God always calls first, God, and then it's our response. And then he's got a, a plan for them. Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, that's a little play on them being fishermen, right? But it's also something connected with uh, Jeremiah. There, he's, there's a prophecy that he, where God promised to send out many fishermen to gather in the Israelites who had been scattered among the nations. And so Jesus, who's just announced to repent, believe in the gospel, believe in the good news, and repent means... Have this change of heart. Open your mind to see what God wants to do. He's inviting uh, Peter, or Simon, and Andrew to participate in this call. And what do they do when Jesus calls them? It says they abandoned their nets and followed him. They just dropped what they were doing and off they went. The, uh, the Greek word that's used here as euthythus means immediately. So it's a sense of, boom, just like that. They went and followed him. And then right after he called Simon and Andrew, he comes across James and his brother John, and he calls them. What do they do? They left their father's ebony in the boat. See ya, Dad, we're out of here. So, this is God's call. And when I mentioned the word of God at the beginning, the word of God isn't just something to tell us about what happened 2000 years ago. The word of God, we believe, is what God is doing now. God's word proclaim is active. And so this is a message, not only for Andrew and Simon and James and John But this passage is meant to speak to every Christian that Jesus is calling each of us that God initiates. Our question is, how do we respond? He calls each of us to have an irreplaceable role in the advancing of the kingdom of God. You might recall a couple weeks ago I was talking about on Jesus' baptism, how our baptism gives us an identity and it gives us a belonging, and it gives us a purpose. And I said you could summarize that purpose in love God, love others, make disciples. That's what this, you know, you shall be fishers of men is all about, uh, inviting others into Jesus' uh, kingdom. So, what about the sense of doing this And do we do it immediately? Do we drop everything? I was reading some commentary on this gospel passage by Mary Healy, who is a scripture professor at Sacred Heart Seminary. She writes, Following Jesus means a willingness to let go of all other attachments. Not everyone is called literally to abandon their profession or family, but all are called to put everything in second priority to him. Saying yes to that call is the first step in a lifelong adventure. Now my question is, with whether looking at Peter, Simon, and Andrew, and James, and John, or looking at ourselves, when it comes to just letting go of everything and following Jesus so completely, how is that even possible to contemplate? I think one word, trust. Trust in Jesus. That's what is needed. Now, the question is, how do we trust? Well, I'm not going to go with an expert from the seminary on this one. I'm going locally. One of our parishioners recently gave me a prayer card. And on the top of the card, it says, trust and then it's got uh, some lines relating to each of those letters in that word of trust and she not only gave one to me she gave me 500 copies so i could share with you and and they're in the back of church so you can take home but in the meantime just for the purpose of this homily now i heard we ran out of song sheets um put a note on that all right uh Which is a good thing to have happen. How many people didn't get them? Okay. So mostly we got. Okay. Well, if you have one in front of you, and if you don't, don't worry about it. But if you've got one, look at the box that's uh, right below the gospel, and it's got the word trust. And you see how trust is spelled out horizontally? Do you see how it's spelled out vertically? Well, I'm going to go through each of those vertical pieces. So we're going to start with a T. Turn everything over to God. Now, to me, what that means is all those things that worry us, that keep us awake in the middle of the night, concerns about our health, our job, our kids, our parents, our country, our world, give them to God. That's what that means, to turn everything over to God. I also think that applies to when we're having feelings that we might be struggling with, whether of anger or fear, or discouragement, or anxiety. Turn those over to God, too. That's, that's the first piece, with trust. And the second one, receive all that he gives you. And for this one, I invite you to think about how you receive communion. When you receive communion in your hand, you hold your hands out like this, right? Right? Well, one of the things I try to work with our children who are preparing for their first Holy Communion is how they receive communion. Some of them, they're they're ready to go up like this. It's like grabbing, it's taking. No, that's not how we approach Jesus. We approach with open hands to receive the Lord, okay? And that's our attitude for receiving communion physically, but I hope it's also our attitude we have in our mind. A reception, a reception. An openness to whatever God has for us any particular day. Receive all that He gives you. It might be that God wants to give us snow. Okay, receive it, okay? We're going to get it anyway, so receive it and receive it, all right? Third piece, understand. You will not always understand. We have so many why questions. Why did someone get sick? Why did they die? Why did things turn out this way? If you've been participating in the Bishop's Year of the Bible um, and reading a chapter a day, you might be asking, why did St. Paul write that? So we have lots of questions. And it's good to seek to understand, to seek answers. Um, One definition of theology is faith-seeking understanding. And it's important that we keep learning, keep asking but I also hope we realize there are going to be times when we will not understand them in this world, and that's okay. The fourth line, surrender to the will of the Father. What popped into my mind then was, you know Frank Sinatra? Pretty famous singer, right? What do you think his his most popular song is? What comes to mind? My way, yes. He sings it, I did it my way, all right? Now, that might be a great song for Frank Sinatra, but I did it my way is a lousy mantra for a Christian, okay? Every time we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. It's so important that we include this in our daily prayer. And I know for me, it makes a huge difference when I pray first thing in the morning. If if I'm all about what I'm going to do, what I'm going to accomplish, and it doesn't work so well as if I can stop and surrender to the will of the Father. Because it's so easy to fall into, it's all about me, it's about what I want, my control. Thy will be done. Surrendering to the will of the Father. And then the fifth line Thank him for everything, good or bad. Gratitude is key. You know, gratitude has always been key, but I think during this past year it has become even more important. Uh, so many of us have faced so many disappointments, um, things that we would want to be able to do and honor are unable to do. And I think that's where it's key that we are able to thank God for everything, good or bad. Just give gratitude to God. So, the bottom line. What allowed those disciples that we heard about in the gospel to get out of the boat, what allows us to respond to Jesus' call is when we can put our trust in him. Jesus, I trust in you.